thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word. I thank you that the entrance of your word, it brings light and it brings life into our lives. We open our hearts this morning. We say, do the work that you intend to do with the word that you intend to send us today, O God. I pray that, Lord, the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart, the words I speak, that they will be in line with your heart's desire for everyone who is hearing these words. And I also pray that, God, that every hearer of the word is anointed with the anointing of understanding to receive the word, to understand it, and turn to the place that you are pointing out to us. We receive everything you have for us. Thank you, Lord, that this is our receiving day. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church shouted. The book of John chapter 1. The book of John chapter 1. Today, we will continue on uh, on our identity series we've been we've been on we've been looking at identity i reckon we've got one or two more sessions after this one but we'll see how the lord leads but in our last session which was a couple of weeks ago i began to show you who you really are in scripture how that how that in christ you are now the righteousness of god anybody believe you are the righteousness of god amen someone's come up put your hand up say i am the righteousness of god we saw last week that you are chosen. Come on, say, I am chosen. We saw last week that you are a friend of God. Someone say, I am a friend of God. We saw last time that you are a child of God. Someone say, I am a child of God. All of this and more, and these are just fundamental ones that we should all get a hold of, but there is so much more. All of this and more of this was made possible because of what Jesus did and his finished work on the cross. We have this change in identity as a result of the finished work of Jesus Christ. And when we understand how this new identity we have in Christ, or what this new identity we have in Christ, how it's been given to us by a God who saw us where we are, a God who is so wise, the one who came to redeem us from sin, the one who thought that we needed a savior. And so he thought, this is what I'm going to do for these people who need a savior. I'll send them my own son to die. This same God who saw it fit to send us a savior also saw it fit to change our identity as part of his redemption plan. So he changed our identity from sinners to people who are the righteousness of God. He changed our identity from strangers to people who are uh, children of God. He changed our identity from enemies to friend of God. From forsaken people to people who are accepted in the beloved. From children of darkness to children of light. We can go on and on to see how God, in as part of his redemption plan, went about bringing change or... Uh, yeah, bringing change to our to our identity, and so it's been our, it's been my job and my faith in this series to get us to the place to challenge us to begin to live life, or perhaps continue to live life, assuming the identity that God has assigned to us in Christ. Because if you don't already know it, as part of God's redemption plan. There is an identity that he has, a new identity that he has assigned to you. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, look, behold, look, all things have become new. 
in the redemption plan of God for your life, there is an identity that he has uh, assigned to you. And I, and I wonder if the identity that you've assumed over the last 24 hours or the identity that you've assumed over the last month or the identity you've assumed over the last week or the last year has been congruent with the identity that Jesus Christ, God of heaven, has assigned to you within his redemption plan. Amen. I wonder if there are discrepancies between the identity who you say you are and who God says you are. The will of God is that he will fix those discrepancies. Amen. The will of God is that he will change the mirror that you've been looking at in order to define who you are. And that's what we're going to continue to do today. I'm calling this message, re-identify yourself. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, re-identify yourself. I really believe that your next move is important. Hallelujah. I really believe that your next move might seem mundane. It might seem like your next move is you're just going to work like you normally do. But I truly believe that it is important. I believe that it carries such significant weight. And I'm praying today that you don't hear this message. I don't come today with the anointing primarily of a teacher. I, am, I, I, I come with the anointing of a prophet today. Not necessarily to teach or to expose or to, to really break down the word of God, which we do sometimes. But what I truly believe that I am called to do in your life this morning is to come with God's word, interrupt your life cycle by proclaiming certain things from the heart of God to you today. And so I'm praying that you don't hear me with religious ears. I am praying Jesus says that this is the way, this is the reason that I spoke to them in parable, to the Pharisees. Because if they hear what I am trying to say, if they, if they receive the word that is interrupting their cycle, their religious cycle, if they hear that, receive that, and understand it, something will happen. They will turn and they will be healed. Amen. They will turn and they will be healed. The, uh, my assignment today is to interrupt your daily life with the word of God. There are some here today, and I know this by the spirit of God, that, that, that you are about to take a lap around the same mountain in the same way you did last time. You are about to res respond to that text message the same way you did last time. You are about to respond to that challenge the same way you did last time. You are about to respond to that job, go back to your job tomorrow, the same way you went back last week. And the Lord wants to interrupt that. He has anointed me this I am not. I've been cooking in this word. Let me tell you, I truly believe that this is, this is life-changing. The Lord wants to, he, he, he has sent me this morning to beg you, to implore you. He says, if you are going to stand and preach the word, you preach the word like it is God standing there imploring men to turn their hearts to him. And so I've come this morning to, 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 to beseech you. Can I use some deep Bible words so just so Christians get it? I came to beseech you. <laughs> Amen. I came to plead with you to not finish this message and continue your Monday with the same identity, with the same idea of who you are like you did in the other cycle. 
Amen? Because the will of God is to change where you are headed. He wants to re reposition you. He wants to re-identify. He wants you to re-identify yourself. Re-identify yourself before you go back to work. Re-identify yourself before you go back in that relationship. Re-identify yourself before you go back in that boardroom. Re-identify yourself before you hand in that tender for that business. Think again, who am I as I am returning to this thing? As I am going to respond to that text message? As I'm going to respond to this in this conversation? You know, there are some fights that you had that you put on hold before you came to church. And amen. You know, you put it on pause because you are going to lift up holy hands and you're planning to pick it right back up as soon as we finish this service. The Lord has sent me to interrupt your plans to rethink who you are before, because you're about to respond in a way that is not congruent with how God sees you. Amen? We've come to interrupt something in your life. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, re-identify yourself. Before you take your next move. Because if you, re- if you identify yourself in the way that you did last time, especially if the way you identified yourself before you made that move was at odds with the way that heaven identifies you, you will come back to this place again. But the will of God is that this affliction will not arise a second time. The will of God is that you have been through some things. Can I prophesy to you this morning? The will of God is that you have been through some things that he has made a decision. This is my child. And because you are my child, you will not walk this path again. Hallelujah. There has been some things you've walked through before that the Lord has stepped in this morning to say never again. He has stepped in to say, no, your days of seeing yourself this way, never again. Today is a brand new day. He has come to interrupt. Today is about re-identifying yourself because I truly believe that the Lord is changing destinies. He is changing destinations you know when when he redeemed you he changed your name so that he can change your identity in Christ because if I can change your name and change your identity I can change where you end up okay we were headed for hell we were headed for eternity with the enemy but 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 God showed up interrupted our life brought us the word changed our names so that he can change our destiny. And that's what God wants to do today. Today is about re-identifying yourself so that you can arrive at the destination that has been pre-programmed into the identity that God has given you within his redemption plan. If you understand that, say amen. I feel like I'm getting excited by myself, but let me tell you, I'm preach this morning. I'm going to preach and hell has nothing on you. Let me, every worry that has been preaching to you all week, my name is Cheeto Gideon. I'm anointed to preach back this morning. I'm anointed to preach to every voice that has defined you by the abuse you went through. I'm anointed to preach to, to, to your mind, to your spirit, until you receive the word that Jesus Christ has for you this morning. So, so the Lord, look at Jeremiah chapter 29. The, the, the will of God is that you, you, you will come to John. But, but, but the will of God is, is, that, is, is that you and I will re-identify yourself, re-identify yourself 
so that we can arrive at the destination, listen carefully to this, that has been pre-programmed into the identity that God has assigned for you in his redemption plan. The, the book of Jeremiah 29, 11, we know this scripture. It's a famous scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. Look at this. L listen carefully. There is a you in the mind of God. I don't know if you heard that. There is a you in the mind of God. Put your hand up. Say, there is a me in the mind of God. Come on, say it again. There is a me in the mind of God. There is, there is a you in the mind of God. When, when God thinks about you, he thinks of you a certain way. He thinks of you as the righteousness of God in Christ. He thinks of you as a child of God. He thinks of you as his chosen one. He thinks of you as a son. He thinks of you in line with how he thinks of Jesus Christ, there is, an, there, 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 is, there is a way that he thinks about you. And here is, here is the point I'm trying to make with that. In, in the identity that God has assigned to you in his mind, he has pre-programmed a future and a hope. Amen. The identity you are assuming, if, we, if you are particularly, let me put it this way. Every identity you assume has within it a destination pre-programmed into it. The identity that God has assigned to you in his mind has a, 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 a pre-programmed identity. So he says, when I think about you, my thoughts of, for you are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. When I think about you in my mind as the righteousness of God, as, 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 as somebody that is in Christ, I have pre-programmed a certain destination, but it's in that identity. Are you with me so far? Today, God is looking for somebody to align their identity with, that, with, with, with the identity in the mind of God. Amen? Today, there is going to be a cosmic shift. If you believe that, say amen. amen. Today, I truly believe it's going to be a different day. The Lord, the, Lord, the Lord said there are people in here, you've been walking around with the wrong ID. You've been showing up to every spiritual authority and presenting the wrong ID. You've been presenting the same ID of shame, the same ID of lame, the same ID of, of, of incapable, inadequate, you know, superiority, inferiority. You've been presenting the wrong identification to every spiritual authority and that ID has closed the door to certain things and opened the door to certain things because every ID is within that ID is programmed certain destinations. Today, if you choose to believe the Lord, we are going to burn up Every identification that you have previously presented at that job interview, you showed up and you presented an identification of incapable, an ID that said, I am not sure of what I'm doing, an ID that says, I don't know who I am, please give me a job. The Lord is going to destroy that ID so that the next time you show up to that job, you're going to show up as a righteousness of God. You're going to show up as somebody who has the wisdom of God. 
God within them. He is going to destroy that idea of shame that every time you've presented the idea that says, I resemble, I am my mistake, I am what happened to me. He is going to destroy that idea and you are going to show up next time saying, here is who I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am who he says I am. I am the righteousness of God. Today is a day to make a decision to re-identify yourself. Tell your neighbor, re-identify yourself. Hallelujah, re-identify yourself. John chapter 1. John, all of that was just the introduction. John, John chapter 1 will preach to you today. I'm going to preach like Jesus is coming back after this service. Amen, John chapter 1. And I pray you hear me. Let's learn to hear like this is the day. I pray you come to church. Don't come to, please don't come to church. Well, it's just going to be a nice day. Come to church thinking this is the day. The Bible says about the woman with the issue of blood. She's been to every doctor. She heard Jesus is walking by. And she says, if I can only touch, this is the day that if I touch the helm of his garment, I will be made whole. She's experienced different doctors. She's been to different healers. She's spent so much money, but she did not give up on saying this is the day. Today is that day. And I pray you come to church, make a decision. Today is that day. I'm going to meet with God. Today is that day. He's going to change my life life around. Today is that day I'm going to step into higher realms of glory. This is that day. John chapter 1, and, and, and we saw this a couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago. Everyone said, Chido, calm down. <laughs> verse 22 says, John chapter 1, verse 22, it says, then they said to him, who are you? That we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And he says, I am. The voice of one. So this is John the Baptist. You know, the background story for those who don't know. The, the Pharisees, John the Baptist showed up on the scene baptizing people, doing amazing things. And the Pharisees see these guys. They are looking for, the Jews are looking for the Messiah. And they see somebody who might be the Messiah. Somebody who might even be, you know, Elijah. Because God promised that Elijah would come back before the Messiah came. Now, it, it was John the Baptist, but they were looking for him in a different way. I'm going to leave that out. The Bible says he had the spirit of Elijah was a, was a upon John the, ba- John the Baptist. I'll leave that alone. But, uh, but so, so they came to John the Baptist and they were asking him, so, so dude, who are you? Who are we we want to know, are you the person that we are looking for? Or should we keep looking for the person? The funny thing is that when Jesus also showed up, John asked Jesus this question, are you the one that was sent or should we look for another one? Because I'm not, you know, I'm not sure about what's going on. The, the point I'm making is that every single one of us, just like John, verse 23 says, I am, this is his response to that question, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah had said. This is where many of us are this morning, and I believe that you never really leave this place. As long as you are alive, every morning you wake up, every time you show up at work, every time you get an email, every time you get a phone call, the question still stands, who are you? Because the way you answer that question will determine what next is going to happen. This is where many of us are. We need to answer this question, who are you? It's not a silly question. It might seem obvious that because you know all the 12 names that they gave you in your village, and you kind of think, well, I already know who I am. I'm sorry. (laughs) Because you know all of them, and you kind of think, I already know who I am, but it's not a silly question, because the reality is that there is often more than one thing that you can identify yourself with at any point in time. 
At any point in time, John the Baptist, he is, he is the son of the high priest, Zechariah. His father was the high priest. So John could have, at, at that point where they asked him this question, so John, who are you? He could have identified himself as the son of the high priest. He could have identified himself as the son of Zechariah. He could have identified himself as the son of Mary. Remember, sorry, sorry, Elizabeth. Remember Elizabeth, the one who gave that testimony in church about how she was believing God for a child and standing in faith and trusting God and then on the grateful service she stood up and said this is the day that the Lord has made look at the child that I've been believing for and she gave that amazing testimony and John could could, could show up and identify himself as that testimony and that wouldn't be a bad thing John could have identified himself with his fashion sense because the Bible says about John in Matthew chapter 3 verse 4 it talks about how John wore camel skin clothing his clothes were made from camel skin, and so he could have identified himself by his fashion sense. Are you with me so far? He could have identified himself by, the, by, by his fashion sense. Some of us identify, and it's not, it's not such a crazy thing, because in our time, many of us identify ourselves by what we wear. Don't look at me like you didn't know, amen. Many of us identify with ourselves by our fashion. Now, fashion is important. Looking good is important. It's important if you need to beat your face, you do what you got to do, sis. But, but you know, whatever you got to do, amen, that's makeup. That's, that's what I meant. It's the will of God. Whatever you've got to do to look the way you're looking, I don't know why they use that phrase. Why? Anyway, leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> Whatever you've got to do, fashion is important. But, but here is the truth. If we stripped you of your fashion, who are you now going to be? If we, if we took away the Yeezys, if we took away the Nikes, if we took away the jeans, if we took away the things that you think make you who you are, who are you then? There is nothing wrong with being known for wearing camel skin there's nothing wrong with that, but there's nothing wrong with being known for wearing your loops, your whatever it is that you reckon to be fashionable. But what if you lose those things? Who are you now? Because at any point in time, you could be one of all these things. Who are you without your camel skin, John? John identified, you know, John could have identified, and I made up this word, I don't know if it's a real word, but John could have identified as an insectarian. Is it a real word? Somebody, it is now, amen. Somebody, <laughs> the prediction, why? The Bible says about John that, that the guy, he, 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 he ate locusts. Amen. I, I figured vegetarians eat vegetables. I mean, leave that alone. He, he, he ate locusts. <laughs> The Bible says about John that he ate locusts and honey. Honey is also something that comes from insects. Amen. So he was, his diet was the latest all insect, insect only diet. Only things that come from insects that you can identify yourself as gluten free. You can identify, I'm praying for you, or you can identify yourself as a pescatarian or a vegetarian or a carnivore, meat eater. Like, you know, you eat meat with everything. You, you eat meat with your teeth, whatever, amen. I mean, your actual teeth, you know. So, whatever you do, <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that there are so many things that you can identify yourself, and there are so many things that we, we, we identify. I saw a joke recently about um, Jesus about to feed the, te the, the, 
<laughs> the 5,000, and he's telling them to release the, the, the bread and the fish, and somebody put their hand up, uh, excuse me, Jesus, is this gluten-free? <laughs> I was like, Jesus, we'll have a problem in our time, amen. But I'm sure that Jesus would have seen that beforehand and provided a vegetarian option. Let's leave that alone. But, but who are you? Are you are, 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 there, there are so many of these things today that, that identify us. Are you primarily um, a member of a church? Are you, are, you, are, you, uh, are you just a husband or a wife or a mother or a child? There's so many ways that you can identify yourself. All of these identities, all of these identities have pre-programmed destinies in all of them. Every identity you assume has a different destination pre-programmed into it. And today is the day to decide which identity you are going to assume. You can only go so far as the son of the high priest. You can only go so far. There are some doors, maybe the doors of the clubs will open to you with your fashion sense. Maybe the doors to certain people, certain groups of people will open to you because of how you dress and what you eat. And, and the, but, but you can only go so far identifying yourself as a husband or identifying yourself as a wife, as a father. There, is all, there are some places you cannot go if you identify yourself with these things above the word of God. Because in all of these things, what God has done in his wisdom is to make sure that in everything that you identify yourself with, he has not left you without his word. In everything you identify yourself with, John, you can call yourself, you know, by your fashion, call yourself by what you eat, but there is also a word that was already pre-programmed before you had that fashion sense, before you went to that school, before you got that education, before you achieved anything you achieved, there is something called the word of God that before the foundations of the earth, God saw you coming. He identified you by his his word. He said about John way before he was born, he would be a voice crying out in the wilderness. And John had the sense. So at the point when life was asking him, asking him, who are you? He didn't say, this is who I am, the son of Zechariah or Elizabeth. He said, I am a voice crying out in the wilderness. Make way the path of the Lord. Someone put your hand up. Say, I am what he says that I am. Please, I want you to mean this from your heart because what God is looking to do is not a, it, it, it's not a plastic thing. What God is looking to do is something that happens in your heart today that makes you realize that God has changed something. Come on, put your hand up again. Say, I am what he says that I am. Today is a day to decide who are you. Today you will need to consider if I keep identifying myself, remember the book of Numbers, we won't go there for time. In the book of Numbers, God released their inheritance. And I mentioned this before, that your inheritance, the inheritance that God has assigned to you, is linked to the identity that he has given you in Christ. Amen? The identity that, you know, until you assume, until you decide if you are a Levi or if you are a Judah, if you are from the tribe of Benjamin, you, 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 we can't really dis determine what belongs to you because when God was giving out the land, he divided everything according to their identity. 
Amen. And and he set this thing aside. And the Bible says about the children of Israel, when, when, when Joshua sent the spies to go in, they didn't see themselves as people who, who were able to take the inheritance that God has assigned to them, uh, to, their, to the identi- their identity as people of God. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. And so if you see yourself, if you, if you identify with a grasshopper as opposed to a land taker, you know you have your, your, your destinations are completely different. If you identify yourself with what went on in times past as opposed to with what God said about you, your destinations are limited. I've got to tell you that the most powerful thing that you can identify yourself as is what God says about you. The most profound thing that you can identify yourself as is what God says about you. Before you are a doctor, you ought to be what God says about you. Before you are a wife, you ought to re-identify yourself with what God says about you. Before I am a pastor, I am what he says about me. Before I am an achiever, I am what he says about me. Look at the book of 1 Peter chapter 1. I think it's verse 23. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23. He says, for you have been born again. You have been born again. Someone say, I've been born again. Come on, say it boldly, I've been born again. He says, you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and the enduring word of God. First Peter, did I get the wrong scripture? First Peter chapter 2, chapter 1. Somebody find that scripture for me. I've copied and pasted it quickly. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Hallelujah. Is, is that scripture where it talks about how you've been born again by in, the incorruptible seed? Which, which scripture is it? Is, it? is that the right one? Praise God. First, it says you have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but the incorruptible through the word of God. Look at this. Look at this about the word of God. The word of God which lives and abides forever. Every other thing that you might derive your identity from is corruptible. If you identify yourself by your job, who are you if you lose your job? Or if you are made redundant? If you identify yourself by your achievement, what happens when you can't run as fast? Or you can't work as hard because you are now a little bit older? Uh, How are you identifying yourself? All it takes to get you to the place where you lose the idea of who you are is for that thing to, to be corrupted. Amen. But when you identify yourself by the word of God, do you know why I like this? When you identify the, the, yourself by the word of God, circumstances don't change that. Amen. You know, if you identify yourself as just an accountant, all it takes is for the global market to affect your company and suddenly you lose your identity. But you know what? When you identify yourself as by the word of God, circumstances don't change your identity. You step into circumstances and you change circumstances because your identity is based on something that is incorruptible. Your identity is based on something that is not infect, cannot be infected by circumstances around. The Bible talks about how the word of God, the kingdom of God is like yeast. You know, the kingdom of God is not a building. The kingdom of God is not out there. The kingdom of God is on the inside 
side of you. It is something that, that, that affects everything on the outside. Changes the escape. That's what the word of God, the seed for the kingdom of God is the word of God. And the word of God is incorruptible seed. Every time you identify yourself as the word of God, your circumstances eventually have to bow. Amen. Your circumstances have to bow because the word of God is incorruptible seed. The word of God is perfect. What God says about you, the book of Psalms 18 verse 30 talks about how in the Amplified, it says that the word of God is faultless. The word of God is perfect. The ways of God are true. Everything about him is right. What he said about you, there is no flaw with that. I don't know if you can hear me today. What, what God said about you is faultless. It is, it is, you know, it, it is the truth. Jesus said, sanctify them. Do you know what it means to sanctify? Set them apart. Do you know how we are set apart? By the word. Because the word of God sets you apart. The word of God is, is incor- there is nothing like the word. Someone put your hand up say, I am. What he says that I am. Come on, say it boldly. I am what he says that I am. So the question is, what is it going to be for real? What is it going to be? And, and I've been challenging myself, my wife and I, you know, she, she gets the privilege of me. I don't know, let's, we can work out whether it's a privilege or whether it's a torture of me preaching the message to her. <laughs> Man, I have the microphone, so it's her privilege. Amen. So, so she, she uh, preaching this message to her, and we talk about this, you know, what is it going to be? How are you going to identify? And I've been asking, let me tell you, you know, everything I'm preaching here, I'm preaching to myself because, you know, when God speaks, he doesn't just bring the word for the people, he brings the word for us. I get to be the vessel that he speaks through, but wisdom is, you know, and I pray this as a preacher, God help me believe what I'm preaching. Amen. You know, many, you know I can become a professional preacher and don't believe a word of what I'm saying, but whip you up. Amen. All I need to do to whip the churches is talk about your haters. God is about to get your haters. I came to announce to somebody today, if you have a hater, the Lord is about to send fire. Amen. You see the church, why? Amen. The Lord is about, I plead the blood over you. He is going to, no, no, amen. But, you know, that's, that's just church stuff. But I've been in church too much to play nonsense, amen. We might as well just go home and find, find you know, these days, you can even get a hooping app. Oh, you don't know. You can get it. Don't, don't search for it now. You can look for it. It's, it's for a bit of fun. But, 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 but all I'm saying is, is that what God is saying to us is not just some fancy thing. I'm rethinking myself. And I'm telling you, I, I'm believing with all my heart. You don't know Cheeto Gideon. I'll say that again. You, don't, you think you know me. Tell your neighbor, neighbor. You think you know me, but you don't know me yet. Hallelujah, because I'm fixing to embrace everything God said about me. I am fixing no longer to ask for permission to become what God says that I can become. He has put his hand upon me, has given us his word, and I'm fixing to become. I'm choosing today to re-identify myself. Thank God for all he has done for you in times past. Thank God for all that you have become in times past because of the word of God to you. But if you are still breathing today... 
there is something God has said about you that you are going to need to re-identify yourself with in order to get to where he's going. And I thank God that this is that day. I believe that this is that day. Tell your neighbor, this is that day. Hallelujah. This is the day to dance to the beat of a different drum. This is the day to dance to the beat of what the word says about you. Your days of dancing to the beat of that shame, they are over. This is time to embrace the fact that you are accepted. You've been rejected in times past and you spent a huge part of your life dancing to the beat of that rejection in your youth. Today is the day for the giant on the inside of you to stop feeling sorry for yourself and get up and say, I am not rejected. I am accepted in the beloved. Today is a day to re-identify yourself, not by the bankruptcy you went through, but by the fact that you are rich. Amen. He became poor that we might be identified as those who are rich. For so long, you've identified with that poverty. It's time to re-identify yourself. Let me announce to you, God is at work. I was going to wait till later. But if you don't know, we are not playing church. We are not looking to be successful. We are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. If you don't know what God is doing, let me tell you what God is doing with your life. Let me tell you why you are hearing me right now. Why you are not anywhere else but you are hearing this word. It's because there is a God in heaven who is looking to turn the kingdoms of this world into the kingdoms of our God. Hebrews tells us, Hebrews 12, 28 says, we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And the seed for the kingdom. It's not some fancy stuff. It's in these words that Cheeto Gideon is speaking to you right now because the, 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 the kingdom is on the inside of you. I'm telling you that your life is bigger than you coming out of debt. You will come out of debt. Your life is bigger than you receiving your healing. You will receive your healing. These words I am speaking today, they are about the establishment of a kingdom upon the earth. The moment you receive these words for yourself, your name received these words for yourself. The Bible says heaven rejoices when one sinner turns their way. We like to think about that scripture to think about people who don't know God. No, the Bible says anything that is not of faith is sin. Every time you walk in fear, heaven rejoices when you receive the word of God and begin to operate in faith. We're about to set off a party in heaven this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. Someone say, I am. What he says that I am. I need you to think about how you've been identifying yourself in times past. And don't be shy about it. How have you been identifying yourself in times past? Have you been identifying? I know I've been identifying myself as someone who doesn't have much to say. Amen. You know, for a long time, and it's been changing. I don't mind telling you these things. I don't mind telling you the, the, the things that I've been, that I, that I have to work through in my mind, because we're all working through something as sophisticated as you look. Thank God that you look sophisticated, and you quote the scripture better than I do, but you've got issues. So for a long time, I began to think, oh, oh you don't have much to say. There are only some, some people that want to hear what you have to say. What, what, how have you been identifying yourself? How have you been identifying yourself? Have you been identifying yourself as somebody who can't start a business? 
identifying yourself as, as an immigrant, as somebody who doesn't have a place, doesn't really have a say. Have you been identifying? Today is a day to re-identify yourself. Re-identify. And be honest with yourself. Who, how have you been identifying yourself? Amen? Because we're going to change that. The kingdom of God is going to come this morning. Do you know when the kingdom of God comes? When you receive the word of God. The seed of what I'm saying now, the, the seed of the kingdom is the word of God. When you receive the word of God, the kingdom comes into your heart. Do you know how God is bringing this kingdom that cannot be shaken? By bringing his word into your heart. That's how he's not, he's not you know, it's only later on that he's going to come riding on the clouds. But he's going to, first of all, release his word into your heart, into my heart. Every time I believe the word, the kingdom of God has come. The domain of God has taken more ground in my heart. And I'm praying that he will take more ground in your heart, more ground in your heart. You begin to see yourself as God sees you because we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Second Samuel chapter 9. Oh, I might get stuck here, but yeah, hey, Second Samuel chapter 9. You know this story. Is this helping somebody this morning? I, I, if you can, why don't you write, write it down? I, I was specific in telling you, you know, one of the things I've had to work on in re-identifying myself is re-identifying myself who is not just called to a local church, but somebody who is called to the four corners of the earth. Someone who has something to say, not just to those who already know me and who are willing to hear, but, some, but someone who has something to say to the whole world. Let me tell you, we have got an assignment and a heart. Amen? Why don't you write down in your notes today, how have you been identifying yourself? Now, this is the difference between the power of the shouting I was shouting earlier and the power of it in your heart. Would you write down today, just say, you know what? I've been identifying myself by this or that or as somebody who is not called or somebody who doesn't have anything to do or doesn't have anything to contribute, uh, uh, how have you been identifying yourself today? Second, second Samuel chapter 9. We might not read the whole thing, but I, but, but I want you to make a note of it because of time. Second Samuel chapter 9. <coughs> excuse me. This is the story of Mephibosheth. You know that guy called Mephibosheth. In Second Samuel chapter 9, he was, he was born, he was, uh, he, he was a son uh, the grandson of Saul, the son of Jonathan, and he had been through a lot. It is said that he, was, he must have been about five or six at the point when uh, David, uh, uh, um, Saul's army, sorry, was defeated. And at the point when Saul's army was defeated, uh, Saul's family had to run away from the, from, the, from the palace because what used to happen that time, if the kings went to war and they got defeated in, at, at war, your family better escape because what would happen is that the king who won the battle will often come into the palace of the king who has lost the battle and he will take over and probably take people as slaves and in captivity. So once they knew there was an aroma that needed to come back for them to know if the, bat, the, the soldiers had won or if the king had won or lost and when that smell comes back so what happens is in the battleground when the war is won or lost they will burn something that sends an aroma back home to let people know we've either won the battle or we've lost the battle 
And so the Roman comes back to the palace and they smell and realize that Saul, Saul is dead. Jonathan is dead. And they've lost the battle. So they're now fleeing and, and, and you know, running even from David, who was going to be the next king. But as they are running, they drop Mephibosheth at the age of about five or four or five. And he's dropped by his nanny. He's dropped by somebody who is supposed to be carrying him. Someone, he, he probably didn't even understand really what's going on at this point in time and there was this person who did understand and as they are running with him they drop him and he he hurts his leg and 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 he's lame in both feet and and so he has so much been through so much so many negative things that have happened to him dropped by his nanny now he lives in a place called Lord Debar. Lord Debar means a barren land, a, 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 a place of, 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 of unfruitfulness. He, 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 he's lame in both feet. He identified with somebody who, who has reason to be afraid of the king. So if you ask if you ask Mephibosheth, who are you at some point in time, the last thing he will tell you is that he is the son of Jonathan because that did not bring him any credit. He, he will probably tell you about what he has been through, how he has, how he has been dropped, the, 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 the where he now lived and all of those things, but probably never mentioned the fact that he is the son of of Jonathan. But here is what's glorious about this whole thing. If you look at 2 Samuel chapter 1, 2 chapter 9 verse 1, what's amazing is that whilst, whilst Mephibosheth is in Lodabar in a barren place, taking crumbs from people, whilst he's in a barren place, just kind of scraping through life, just getting along enough, guess what's happening? There is a king somewhere there is a king somewhere who is pacing his palace, wondering if there is anybody of the house of Saul that he wants to bless. David is a type of God. Saul is a type of man. Jonathan is a type of Jesus as the son of man. And so look at this. Mephibosheth is a type of you and I. Many of us are bearing the identity of Mephibosheth, the guy who is lame in both feet, the guy who was dropped, what, not knowing that there is a king somewhere that is pacing his grounds, looking for somebody to identify as the son of Jonathan. He's looking for somebody to re-identify themselves and say, no, I might be lame, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He's looking for somebody to say, I might have been through some horrible stuff, but my God is thinking about me. He has a future assigned for me. There is a king pacing, waiting for you to realize who you are. It's a king that's waiting for you to realize, you know what? I might be lame in both feet, but, but I am the son of Jonathan. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. If you keep identifying yourself as lame, identifying yourself as someone who should be afraid of the king, you miss out on the fact that God is raising up people, amen, to sponsor you. There are people, for every idea God has given you, listen carefully, for every idea God has given you, he has raised up people to gather around that idea. He has raised up people to help you. For every struggle you are going through, there is help. 
Amen. If you're struggling with your parents or you're struggling with your siblings or you're struggling with your spouse or you're struggling with whatever, you know, until you identify yourself and as someone, Lord, I'm really struggling with how to deal with my parents in this. You, you, let, me, let me put it this way. It's just like, it's just like getting born again. You can, you can, you know, the reason many people don't, don't receive Jesus Christ is because they haven't, they're yet to re-identify themselves as people who need a savior. The savior is always there. The Savior is waiting. And there are things and people who are waiting today for you to say, you know what? I am the righteousness of God. For you to re-identify yourself with the way that God sees it. For you to say, you know what? I got that wrong. One of the things I'm, you know, I'm, I'm speaking a lot to people between the ages of 25 and 35. And one of the things I posted recently was that we've got to now learn. You, this is a good time. And this really is for everyone. Today is a good time to realize how to say, you know what, I was wrong. Amen. Now there is a place and there is a way to do all of that. But the worst thing you can do is to be in a place where you are stuck in your own ways. Why? Because there is a deliverer. And until you identify with your need for a deliverer, you miss out on the grace of God that he has set aside to deliver you. Those two people are impressed with that. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise if we're going <laughs> to. Amen. Thank you, sir. What is it going to be? Are you going to keep identifying yourself as just an ordinary person? Or will you, will you dare to identify yourself like Caleb did? We can take this land. We can do it. Will you dare to identify yourself as Hepzibah? Or are you going to keep identifying yourself as the land that was desolated? Will you identify yourself as married, Beulah? Or will you identify yourself as rejected? How are you going to re-identify yourself? And let me tell you the truth. Sometimes, can we talk now? Sometimes um, uh, when you re-identify yourself, it's not always going to bring, you know, so much joy at first. Jesus shows up and he goes to the, you know, before Jesus dies, he's right there with the high priest. And the high priest is pressing him. Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? Are you saying you're the son of God? And they, they really want to know. And Jesus says, well, you have said it. Jesus re-identified himself in line with what the father has said. And the Bible said that was the moment the high priest tore his robes and was, the, you know, can I, let me just insert this here. Many people who are asking who really want to know you can't really handle you. Amen. The, 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 there are some people, you know, in John the Baptist's case, they were, it was more positive in the sense that uh, we need a Messiah. We need to know if you are the Messiah. In Jesus' case, they were asking for a negative reason. In other words, there are times that your circumstances or even people will ask you not because they want to help you become who you are supposed to become, but because they want to see that there are some of your family folk that can't handle the fact that you believe that you are called. That you believe the hand of God is, is upon you. And the, 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 the high priest is, is badgering Jesus and threatening him. Aren't you going to speak for yourself? And Jesus says, you know what? I am just as you said. And you shall see the Son of Man. Matthew chapter 26. And you shall see the Son of Man coming back. And he talks about himself. And the high priest is angry. And he tore his robes. And they take Jesus and they beat him. Let me announce to somebody who might be in a place where you're saying, well, if I identify myself as, as a person who was wrong in this situation, or if I identify myself as, as, as this person who God says that I am, there is going to be all kinds of hell that breaks loose. But let me tell you, there is also resurrection. 
Let me tell you that the glory that is waiting for you is greater than anything you could ever suffer. Are you listening to me? The glory that is awaiting you is greater than anything you can ever suffer by identifying yourself with what God says I am. The moment you identify yourself at, at work, let me speak to our young people, you know, identifying yourself as a born-again believer might cause you some aggro on the, you know, you know, wherever you hang out. I was going to say on the playground, but you're too old for playground. But, you know, wherever, wherever you're hanging out. But let me tell you, if you give, give, give it five years, amen, give it five years of standing with what God says about you, identifying yourself as somebody who does not sleep around, someone who won't give their body to someone you're not yet committed to in every way, identifying yourself as that might, 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 might raise up and cause you to be called certain names, but let me tell you, the glory that is awaiting you is greater than anything you can ever suffer, anything your reputation can ever suffer right now for the sake of of what you identify with, let me tell it's nothing compared what God has set aside for you by saying, you know what, this is who I am. It is nothing compared by, to, to, the, to the rejection that you might face. It is nothing compared to that. Jesus suffers all of that. They beat him. They throw him in jail. Well, they, 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 they put him on the cross, put him in the grave. But today, we are all here because a man son of man, Jesus Christ, decided, you know what? You're badgering me to find out who I am. I am who God says that I am. Would you like to stand to your feet? Today is a decision day. Today is a decision day. Here is a starting point. We're not, you know, ju just, just, just close your eyes and you can just lift your hands for a second. I want you to take a moment and just say, you know what, Lord, I'm identifying with you. I'm not saying you have the answer to every situation you face or every, every dilemma that you have. I'm not saying that it's all resolved. But I want you to, 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 to the starting point, before you find the answer to that situation that you are facing, the instruction to you today is to identify yourself with what God said about you. Identify yourself in your mind. And it's got to be done between you and your king. It's got to be done between you and him. Can you say right now, you know what, Lord, regardless of how I'm feeling, I am not my feelings, I am what you say that I am. I'm sorry, Lord, that I've been identifying myself with what I went through today. I am choosing to identify myself with what you said about me. I've been identifying myself as weak or as incapable, but today I'm choosing to identify myself by what you said about me. In your own words. In your own words. This is a holy moment. This is a profound moment. This is a decision moment. Jesus, God, you know, God said to, uh, said to them in, in Deuteronomy 30, he says, behold, I have set before you life and death. 
life and death. Choose life, he says. Choose life, he says. Would you be brave enough to say, you know what? This is who I am. Lord, I am what you said I am. Regardless of my experience, I am who you said I am. This is not time to wallow in what used to be. This is time to accept what is now in his word. Come on, do business with God this morning. Don't let this moment pass. Don't let this be a religious moment that you just kind of wait. No, no, do business with him. God said on Tuesday, I was telling them on Tuesday how the Lord is speaking to us and he was saying that there, there are some of us, and I believe that the same is true today. There are some of us who fear has been directing the paths that you take. And today is the day to turn that around where you are no longer going to make decisions out of fear or look at your future out of fear, but you are going to make a decision based on what God says that you are. There is no need to fear. And this is the moment to decide. Everything that you will become starts with a decision. Everything that you are going to become starts with a decision. This is your moment. This is your moment. If you're tired of, of living in shame and that cycle, it's your moment. If you're tired of that anger directing your life, it's, it, this is your moment. If you're tired of that fear telling you how to feel every Monday, this is your moment to say, no, I have not been given the spirit of fear. In this moment, you can say, no, I'm surrendering everything I know about that shame. I've lived this way for so long I'm surrendering that I'm accepting what you said about me this is the moment I was waiting for we're going to let go of everything